I was really into that. I think I, I like cold pizza. I used to growing up, uh, growing up cousin off, which is my new reality show. Um, no, that's good. I like it. We used to, you know, I know something funny about my house. We didn't cover our food in the fridge. Like, you know, everybody's oh, weird. <laughs> it's like so plastic weird. or like puts things in the Tupperware. <laughs> like, everyone in my family just like threw shit on a plate into the fridge. <laughs> Like, I mean, I, I, as an update on that, people still don't hear. I, I cover my food. Uh, that's so crazy. I don't know if that's like a bacteria problem. I don't know if that's like, I, don't, I mean, I'm sure it's not great. But like, I would think so. I started doing it the second I moved out of my parents' house. But, um, that's so fucking crazy. You know, we never it. But also like, so like if we had pizza the night before, yeah. I would literally have cold yeah, yeah. pizza for breakfast the next day. Like that was like a normal thing for my family. Oh, that's yeah. not that weird, though. But I feel oh, like that's oh, more good. like fraternity-like shit. That's not like when you're a kid living at home with family. <laughs> <laughs> I also hated breakfast foods when I was younger. I hated eggs. Uh, yeah. It was like cereal was like my jam, and that was it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was always a cereal kid. Um, let me ask you guys this. Um, because one of the topics I want to talk about today uh, was worst and best like fast food toys or cereal box toys that was like something i wanted to ask you guys about today do you want to uh to to intro up or yeah let's do let's do a quick intro then i'll just start asking you guys questions so hey everybody welcome to uh phs playback Uh, this is a podcast where we uh watch rate and review films uh and during covid we've been doing these no holds barred podcasts we just talk about whatever uh i'm rob cousinal I'm Cordelia Grimm. I'm Josh Cousina. And this is Tom Bestie with a very special VHS play pack. <laughs> special episodes, uh, when I was a kid, like TGI Friday is where I instantly think of when I think about Ooh. like TV for my childhood and like special episodes. I was always fucking bummed out on special episodes. <laughs> like, I never remember being excited about a very special episode. I was like, they were great. never good. Great, they ruined my fucking show. That's how I would They were never good. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like an after school special. There was that one where Will Smith uh, on Fresh Prince of Bel Air uh, always made me cry, where he would yell, Why didn't why did my dad want me, Uncle Phil? And that still to this day will make me cry because Will Smith is a powerhouse. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like, seriously, like, uh, to really melt those tears, you know what I mean? It's me every time, Will Smith. People people underrate Will Smith. He's a great actor, Will Smith. I don't yeah, think Will people Smith, do yeah. underrate him. And hold on a second, guys. Surprise, here comes Will Smith to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think Will Smith underrates Will Smith most of the time. And that's a I, sad story I here. I don't you know? think that's true. I think he's one of our most famous <laughs> people that we have in our country. <laughs> well, but like, okay. You guys are saying, it's insane that you guys are saying underrated. <laughs> hold on. To be clear. What I mean is, Will Smith is like a blockbuster film actor, but I feel like he oh, also guys. has the potential. Guys, so do you want to get ice cream right now? Yeah, go for it, please. Please get ice cream. If you're, yeah, if you're yeah, waiting, yeah. just don't hang up if you're actually going to do it. Please yeah, yeah, get yeah ice I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'll just be, I'll just be on line. Yeah, I want to hear it. I want to hear you oh get ice cream. I'm ask Andrew if she wants anything. All right, guys. Uh, okay. This is going to be. Uh, 
a big deal, guys. We got Tom is live uh, on the streets of uh, near his house, East East Point. Yeah. He is about yeah. to get ice cream from. Uh, what does the ice cream truck say? Does it have a name? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's it's a blue. Uh, looks like a blue mail truck, but I mean okay. it's obviously an ice cream truck. But it has that kind of boxy looking look to it. You know. I like that. Right. We're live. Uh, Tom Bestie's at the scene. Tom, uh, what's going on at the ice cream truck right now? Well, right now, it's about four houses down from where I'm standing, and they are helping somebody out at the moment. Okay. Now, um, what would you say the general energy is down by the ice cream truck right now? Right now, the energy is good. There's uh, a one gentleman there. I think he finished his transaction with the ice cream truck. Uh, I think actually bringing, uh, bringing the goods home. Yeah, he's walking across the street. Okay, here it comes. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So, Tom, let us know what kind of ice cream we're dealing with here. What do we got here? We got uh... no, uh, it's, it's, it's a second here. Uh, are you jumping in front of the truck? <laughs> I'm not gonna allude to that when I'm doing a podcast right now. Here we go. All right. How's it going, man? Uh. Here, I'm gonna let Andrea order here first. It's like yeah, uh, double caramel. Double caramel? Yeah. That one? Uh, uh Choco Taco just just ran dry. Uh, we're out of Choco Tacos. We're out of Choco Tacos. It's not great. It's not looking great. Let me SpongeBob if we got it. Oh, we're oh, yeah, from- yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> we recovered from a Chaco Taco loss here. I can't. I can't. I don't change right now. Sorry for that. Uh oh. It sounds like, sounds like there may be some confusion with the finance. I really I appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot. Very friendly. Tell me you love them. Tell me you love them, Tom. I love you. You didn't know. I said it quietly. You know what? Sometimes that's all it takes, buddy, because if you picked up on that at all, you just made that guy's day. I'll be up. I'll see you in a bit. Do you say that to the ice cream guy? Is the ice cream oh, guy coming like back? Too. <laughs> I said it to Andrea. <laughs> the ice cream truck was backing up a little bit. I don't know. Then he just started driving forward. Yeah, that was. he's a really nice dude, actually. I mean, so, he's so, helped me out a few times. <laughs> so it, it sounds like it sounds it sounds like there was there was a chance where it could have gone south when we were lacking taco tacos, but you recovered with uh, SpongeBob. What do we got? What kind of yeah. what is this? What is the SpongeBob? What is the SpongeBob ice cream treat? Well, I mean, maybe I'll take a I'll take a picture for the uh, for the website. But I would um, love to put it on the Insta. <laughs> on the Insta, yeah, so for the Insta. Take it to the gram. Um, ooh, it looks okay. Okay. I don't know if it's set up or not yet, but we do. Josh and I like got a bunch of stuff. (laughs) It sounds like our first post just got a, just made us, gave us the reason to set it up. (laughs) Let me ask you this time. Have you cracked it open yet? Oh yeah. No, it's cracked. So so how how much does it look like what it's supposed to look like on the package? Well, that's what I was going to send a picture for. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like ice cream treats don't often land where they where they advertise visually. I tell you what, I'm surprised. Here, I'm going to send it to the group uh, 
I'm Thank excited you. to see that. My, my question is, um, uh, did the pupil, the bubblegum pupils land within the, the ice cream eyes or are the pupils uh, rogue? <laughs> they are, but one is almost rogue. See, okay. the, the, the position is good, but it looks like it's kind of jetting out as if someone punched SpongeBob very hard, like, or he like got crushed by a rock in bikini bottom or something okay but uh, uh, i would say it looks like uh he got he got he like uh saw a spider and got real real spooked by the spider and is running away from it yeah i, I, would, I would like to say i would like to say two things about this so a the package is vague enough they've done a good job at lowering the expectation by the photo on the back and i'll say that right off the bat is they've really extended spongebob's teeth to a point of horror. Uh, <laughs> on the actual <laughs> no. Yeah, SpongeBob's uh, uh, yeah. buck teeth I have become uh, tusks of, of a sort. <laughs> yeah, and also the tie, the tie has just become what looks like blood drooling out of his mouth at this point. So I'm going to say, <laughs> oh. you, know, but you know what the people really want to know, Tom, is uh, out of five stars, uh, how's that treat? Ooh, out of five stars, it yeah, is break it down. lemony. And it's lemony and refreshing. Um, it's got some good qualities to it. I mean, it's smooth. Um, obviously it's cold. I mean, it's, you know, this isn't a, this isn't some sort of two bit operation. The ice cream man is running. The freezers are full blast. I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I see that the, the package notes that it's only a hundred calories. Does that, does that factor into your, your total score for the product? No, no. Um, and I mean, I just kind of glanced at the ingredients and I don't want to, it, it, it's a laundry list, I should say. It's a laundry <laughs> list of, uh, you know, what looks like um, things, you know, things uh, people would say natural and unnatural. Uh, what I is the main uh, ingredient, ice cream? The main ingredient is water. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah, much yeah, like, yeah. much like a bestie's body. Um, is mostly made of water, as is ice cream SpongeBob. <laughs> as, as is, I would assume SpongeBob uh, himself mostly no, made true. of water. Uh, that's true. I wonder if they were like, I wonder if the the creators at Nickelodeon they were like, all right, we're doing an ice cream bar, and they're like, all right, all right, but uh, you know, SpongeBob is mostly made of water, so the ice cream bar also must be mostly made of water. We're gonna put the kibosh on this thing. <laughs> Speaking of food and kid food in particular, and by the way, Tom. Uh, we want to thank you for really bringing us that man on the street um, ice cream situation. It was kind of incognito. I feel, I really feel like I was undercover, you know, in a big way. Um, but in the end, I mean, I'm glad it turned out the way it did. I mean, he was, he was, you know, he's a very couth individual. So. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like a real gentleman. It sounded like a good experience all around. Yeah, I agree. It was. You know, actually, so Tom, because you're eating your ice cream bar, I'm going to come back to what what, the, what I wanted to really bring us into today. But I do want to bring us back to, we talked a little bit about this before we got rolling. Uh, your ice cream bar makes me think of uh, worst and best fast food or cereal toys that come to memory. Uh, and yeah, I'm wondering yeah. if, if any of you guys can particularly remember either a fast food toy or a cereal box toy that you're so stoked about that was such a big deal if it lived up to your expectations. I remember going to McDonald's as a kid and always getting Lego sets. I love Legos as a kid. But the Lego set would be like a really shitty boat and it would have like literally like seven pieces and it was terrible. Like when you open it in. 
<laughs> you're like, oh, I'm not even going to assemble this. I'm just going to put it in like my pile of all my Legos at home. <laughs> I, was never, I was never a Lego kid. I didn't have them growing up. Yeah. And I wasn't like into them. I, I, I know a lot of kids were. For me, uh, the McDonald's toy that I specifically remember wanting the most is they had these like food fighter toys. Where cool. um, I was hoping we get to that. Yeah. Yeah, they were like little transformers that were shaped like they're awesome. Food. It was like a hot cake guy that was like you open them up and you see his face. There was a milkshake girl where like you flip the straw and you could see her face and she had little arms and like a French fry guy the, and a burger person. Yeah, I remember the Big Mac for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Big Mac was in like a box. But yeah, that was the one I was super hyped on. And actually, yeah, I um I I, I went to uh, McDonald's and got a happy meal with uh my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Stan probably not alive anymore now that i'm saying thinking about it but, uh i had one of invent america um in kindergarten and as part of it i got to go have like mcdonald's with my teacher and we sat we talked which i got the little shake lady and i was super fucking stoked that i got to go get my uh my toy and that my teacher took me out to mcdonald's it was like a weird big moment so i like i would have this like super ingrained memory of getting that toy because of the weird experience around it so you dated your teacher? Yeah, totally. I mean, other kids definitely made fun of me the next day about that exact thing, and it was a real bummer. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. What about you, Josh? Uh, yeah, I can uh, I can weigh in with uh, Toy Story. Uh, original Toy Story came out at a time period. I, I looked that up. That's 1995. Uh, so I was just old enough to... Understand to, to want the toys and to be able to voice exactly what I wanted when it came to toys, but also not yet old enough to understand that the things I was getting were not like the real characters from the Toy Story films. Uh, so I became hyper obsessed with buying like they Burger King came out with uh, like a special edition version of I, I don't remember how many characters I remember there was there was Buzz Lightyear, there was Woody, and there was uh, the RC car. And I, and I really wanted an RC car that could drive, but we could not afford the RC car that could drive. So in my mind, I was tricking my my parents into buying me that RC car, uh, which when eventually we found it after, because I had complained so much and like only wanted to eat Burger King for so long, eventually we did find it. Eventually it was going to be me purchasing it. And I found out it was one of those ones where like, you drag it across the ground and it picks up some speed. <laughs> And then he set it down and it drives itself. And I was the most oh, yeah. upset I think I, could, I ever have been about a toy. Uh, Josh, are you talking like a Hot Wheel where you like pull it back and then it zips? Like that uh, kind of car? Yeah, similar. There, there are somewhere you pull them back and then it, it shoots forward. And then there are some yeah. where you, you rev it up. Like you, you drag it across the ground again and again and again. And then when you set it down, oh. it hooks. Yeah. Yeah, it's like an internal momentum builder. It makes this like whirring sound as you like get it going faster and faster by like dragging it. I remember those. But yeah, I I definitely believed I was going to get perhaps even a an intelligent, uh, maybe even self-driving vehicle (laughs) that turned out to be (laughs) definitely a toy. Uh and definitely not even the best quality of toy. But it it did look like the the character from the movie. What about you, (laughs) Tom? Uh, I remember Ghostbusters 2 being a real pivotal moment in my childhood uh, when it was released. Um, I, I'm sure we talked about it before in the podcast, but, uh, you know, maybe not so much because I don't remember the toys that came out, 
Um, but Ecto Cooler was really where I was kind of hooked. You know, I was yeah. like, man, I got to get that Ecto Cooler. In fact, as an adult, I was so bummed out when McDonald's discontinued High C, Orange High C altogether. <laughs> um, and I, I kind of, I kind of made a pact that I would stop going to McDonald's on the regular, you know? Um, I think that actually which, happened which, when I was working there, by the way. Is that right? I think that that's Damn. when they killed high C. Yeah. Cause it was when I was working there. Cause I used to drink the high C if I wanted like something sugary, I was always on the high C. I think that actually happened, but they did introduce McFlurries at this around the same time. Cause it was a bit of a crossover. So I remember the day we figured out if you put orange high C into the McFlurry and then mixed it up and tasted like a creamsicle. And that was also a big day for us. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I remember? You know what I remember oh. working at McDonald's the most? I remember um, I was probably like 15 or 16 when I started there. I can't even remember. I just remember doing the dumbest shit after hours. And there was a uh, car wash next door to the McDonald's. And me and the people that worked there decided it'd be fun to like do like a 80s style movie where we prank each other except for the car wash people a were full-grown adults and had no fucking interest in our prank war b had no <laughs> idea that they were party to our prank war so what we would do is for a while we figured out how to um take the sauce bags that you would load into the guns i don't know if you've ever worked at mcdonald's everything comes out of like a caulk gun and you just like oh, load wow. a sauce tube into it and squeeze it and that'll shoot ketchup or mustard or fucking big mac secret no sauce idea. whatever it is so that's how you do it so fast. You, know, you just got these guns lined up and you bam, 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 shoot the burgers at the assembly right. table and you send them out. So what we figured out we could do is, I can't remember who figured it out, but you could basically pull the spring loader back on the guns and just launch the fucking sauces like <laughs> so far. I mean, literally like 50, 60 feet. So, oh, when you're, so when you're in high school and you're at a food establishment with a bunch of other teenagers who are being managed by older teenagers, you uh, <laughs> sometimes open the fast food window at night and blast sauce onto the roof of the the the, dry, the uh, car wash next door and see how far you can shoot the fucking ketchup bags onto the car wash next door. So that was one of the things that we did in the car wash. But the other part of the prank work was they always had this sign out and we had a thing. So it was like this reachy pole that had like a suction cup on it so you could change the letters of the sign. I don't remember who did it, nor would I say the name if I did, but they used to have a sign that said like, we hand towel your cars after wash for something, something. I don't remember what it says, but somebody figured out that we could change the letters. Just read, <laughs> we hand wash big O penis. And what made me laugh about it more, more, what made me laugh about it more than the immaturity of the message was that we didn't have an L for O. So it just said, big O, big O penis. And that always made me laugh. Super hard. Still to this day, big O penis will always make me laugh. And then like, I remember one time oh we changed God. a honk for big O penis. But like the, 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 the amount of like cleverness really dropped at big O penis. That was just like changing what they would do to big O penis. I, I want to, I want to add, uh, if you're, you retelling me the story at the, t at, at the time in the past, uh, when it was honk, you had used the N already. So it was big O penis. Penis. That's right. <laughs> honk for big O penis. That's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what I think of when I think about McDonald's to this day. Whenever I and I haven't yeah, eaten McDonald's in fucking years, I think about honk for big old penis. Um, speaking of big old, speaking of big old penis, Tom, 
uh, you've been doing some traveling, and I wanted to ask you a little bit about your trip. Oh yeah, well you know it was um, it was a good trip. It was uh, I went up north. That's uh, in a colloquial uh, Michigander speak, and what that means is is that I you know like uh, if you live on in the southern side of uh, the state, well I, you know I just drove north until I uh, couldn't drive north any longer. Um, so I, I was in the Upper Peninsula of the UP in a little town called Munising. Sorry, is it a town name again? Munising. Munising. And yeah, Munising, and that's uh, and that neighbors the um, the National Lakeshore, the uh, Picture Rocks uh, National oh, okay. Park. And so my girlfriend and I, uh, we stayed in uh, the Hiawatha Forest, just south of that. Um, we did a couple nights in a national park. We uh, backpacked uh, a little ways to uh, go in that direction. And then we uh, went over to Marquette, stayed a couple days in that area, in the Marquette-Ishpeming um, area. And uh, then we headed back towards um, the bridge uh, in Newberry. And then, then we headed home. Oh, it, was like it was a good time. You sound like a real youper. You got all the towns and the terms down. I'm impressed. Um, Thank you. I, yeah, want, yeah. I know that you've been working on that van for a while. Did you take the van up? You know, I'm glad. You know, and you saw the van in on my uh, on my uh, social media. Yeah, yeah. I took the van up. Uh, it was good. It actually did better than I thought. It, this trip really de- uh, made me realize that um, you know that it's probably a good idea to put a little maintenance into the old girl. I mean, you know, I, uh, I don't mean to call, I don't mean to call the van a she, I, I didn't name the van yet. I know we, I know we had a little discussion about naming, naming the van, but I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. But I mean, like, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I just decided to maintain it, you know, kind of do some more work on it and whatnot. Uh, that was, was the main time, voyage. You know? That was the main voyage in the van, right? Uh, it was the maiden voyage. Well, it was the, it, before that, I probably drove in that van for possibly no more than uh, four hours. Uh, but I mean, enough to know that it, it drives fine, and you know, it, it's it's uh, it was enough. I, I had it long enough to drive it around and to do the work, you know, to turn it into to convert it into a camper. Um, I've never done this before, you know. I've I've I thought about doing it for about a year um, until like actually like a pulling the trigger and, um, and, uh, and working on it. Um, but, but anywho, no, uh, it, it was really, it was really good. We slept in the van, uh, I'd say a majority of the nights that we were, uh, gone. And, uh, you know, uh, my advice you know, to anybody wanting to get into converting, um, a Ford, uh, a Ford cargo van into a, uh, camper is that, you know, is that living in a van is a lot like living in a van and uh, it's, you know, less room than a prison cell, I imagine, you know? Oh, it's really um, tight. It's really tight. And, you know, we, uh, and, and the next trip, I'm sure I'm going to take less stuff with me. Um, but it was, it was very cramped. It was, it was very tight for space. It, it did, um, it didn't give you really the benefit to move around too much, but I mean, it gave you enough to uh, really just kind of like, you know, um, to maybe sit up or, 
you know, uh, lay down or whatever, but that's really about it. You know, um, there's, uh, otherwise it was a really good experience. We went to, um, the national park there. I mean, uh, which, which by the way, I mean, um, up in the upper peninsula, which I mean, I imagine is a primary vacation spot for a lot of people, particularly this year was, um, especially busy. In fact, uh, the national park that we're by, they had record breaking, um, uh, visitors. Um, and, 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 and good for everybody. You know, there was, there was a lot of people observing, you know, face masks. And, um, I would say the vast majority were observing face masks, social distancing, uh, which is awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy that happened. Um, but, um, it, it was it was uh, it was more I think than what the locals there could have expected, and it was it was it was busy, um, but still still very beautiful. I mean, there's there's enough uh, there's enough atmosphere for everybody up there that were that were there, you know. Um, like, a, like a gotta have it portion of nature, you know. If it right. was a cold yeah, yeah. stone creamery. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, I think some people. Okay. So went to one campground it was a state campground up there um in newberry and i mean you know the 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 camp the, the ground itself the campground itself was just kind of an rv city it was actually kind of disheartening i mean you know it's not my style um but uh i i i don't know why people um would call that camping um tom you, you're kind like of a camping in, traditionalist like you really like roughing it right i I live for that. Yeah. I, I really, I really like, um, the idea of, uh, feeling kind of out of my element, you know, kind of lost or whatever, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm not getting lost, but you know, just being out, you know, where it's, uh, a little isolated, you know, I'm, I'm way into that, you know, uh, it's a good time for me. Cordy, are you um, still man, um, I feel, I feel like at my house. <laughs> I was going to ask out you, of my you, element, it, isolated. I, are you a camper, Cordy? Like, are you into that? <laughs> um, I mean, I love my idea of camping, Rob, is entry is um, renting a huge log cabin for like, you know, 20 of my friends. And, Room uh, service. We, yeah, we, we get to like uh, have beds. They're called beds. And... Um, <laughs> There's working stoves and refrigerators and couches. And then, like, if we want to go outside, which I don't, um, we can. And then, like, experience nature or whatever. But, but yeah, like, I like having TV in my, you know, cabin. <laughs> See, we, <laughs> That's my we used to go camping with a lot of kids. Yeah. I mean, we did, too. We would, I believe we would bring like a battery powered TV with us. Cause like I was in oh. that, but like also like, uh, oh, so I, I, when I was a kid, I don't know if any of you guys had this. I used to be really weird about where I pooped, uh, <laughs> like super weird about where I pooped. I pretty much oh, like yeah. pooped my own house. So if we went camping for oh, like yeah. five days, I would like hold my poop the entirety yeah. of the camping trip. And I would always feel sick the whole time. Because I like yeah. had like I'm sure I had like right. back to bowels. Like I just had <laughs> shit stacked inside of it. So like I would hold my poop the entire time. Um God. Like, God, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm talking about poop. But like I would literally hold my poop the entire time until we got home. So I would feel like shit. So like when I think about camping as a kid, I think about the fact that like I think about feeling sick. And I, <laughs> I, 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 I have never gone camping again 
like as an adult. And I think I assigned oh, really? more towards like oh. Cordelia's experience of the woods. But what right. I like to do right. is I like to, I like to like drive somewhere secluded and like Satara and I like go for like a day long, like walk around in the woods. And then we go back to like a bed at night. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I mean, as fair. a follow-up, as a follow-up answer to your original question about camping, uh, you know, growing up, I, I did lose my vision at age 26. So growing up, like we did have a pop-up camper. So, I mean, we went camping. Oh, you guys had a pop-up? Almost, yeah, we went camping almost every weekend, like in the summertime. Okay. So, I That's mean, cool. you know, it was like part of my experience, but I mean, being blind, I can't imagine camping. Like it's just, my family it had like, just wouldn't work. My family had like giant tents that like all of us could fit oh, in. Oh, okay. And they were like oh, one yeah. giant room. Like we didn't have a camper growing up, but like we, I also like remember, I don't know if you guys this, I remember like doing sleepovers as a teen and like a little bit younger where we'd literally just set up a tent in the backyard. Oh, you know what? I never did that. That's awesome though. Yeah. That was really like my, my fondest memories of camping are like Either or we sometimes we would camp out in my grandmother's backyard, who lived in Ross Common, Michigan, which is in northern Michigan. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's, cool. that's up there. Cool. That's up there. Yeah. But yeah, my dad grew up, up up north, quote unquote up north, which is not as north as Tom is talking, obviously, but like center of the state, Grayling area. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Like. But, um, um, go ahead, Josh. I'm sorry. Uh, I just wanted to ask you. Uh, speaking of northern Michigan, uh, you said you did stop by uh, Mystery Town, USA. Oh, okay. So here you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good that's, that's good, Josh. I almost forgot I did that. So uh, in a in a past episode, Josh was talking about how there was an experience he had going through um, a mystery, sort of a mystery house. I ended up finding the one that you were talking about, Josh, and uh, and I ended up uh, taking a picture of the of the black hole, which was just this sort of you know, your butthole, this, this tunnel. <laughs> well, it was like this amorphic, you know, gladiator kind of tunnel where you kind of had to like, you know, fight through like these like foam pads while you're kind of going through this, like, you know, in, in, in darkness. But I mean, I didn't experience that because, uh, because of COVID. I mean, it was just, it was, it was closed. In fact, I'll tell you what, most of the buttons, anything that was activated by a button and sometimes it was really obvious that something like, you know, like a big mouth opened on like a, on like a, a pharaoh head on the wall or like things lit up, you know, most of those, most of the things that required actually pressing a button were out of order for all the right reasons. Right. So, um, and, yeah, and, and it, it was, it was, it was really, it was really interesting. It was very like, um, you know, quintessential, you know, like uh superstitious like you know uh mysterious things like you know bigfoot and uh ufos and like the grays you know and um <laughs> and the pharaohs and uh it, it was it was quite interesting that was on our that was definitely on the journey back that we uh that's that we awesome. stopped there that's yeah. awesome that you <laughs> You just huh? describe my YouTube history. Did you still have a good experience, uh, even though COVID limited it? Was it still cool? I mean, yeah, it was definitely different. Um, they still charged us. Um, I would say, oh, I wouldn't say exactly, but I mean, you know, uh, did I think it was worth the money we spent? No, but um, 
but it still was very it was it was very interesting you know that black hole um, put, that black hole would have put you over the top tom that thing just keeps going <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's funny that you talk about this experience because i was thinking it'd be fun because you can't travel the way you used to during COVID 19 right like everything's like some limited bullshit version but, of you can't we can't go globe trotting, right. but you can still do something, right? So I thought it'd be funny right. to to Google a bunch of super famous um, places, like uh, uh, you know, all over the world, and read just terrible one star reviews of those places. Because maybe traveling's not as good as we remember was what I thought. So I wanted to read you guys some one star reviews of super famous landmarks. I know Josh pulled a couple too. Um, yeah, I got, I got some. Just good so ones. we can talk about these reviews. So uh, Stonehenge is a place I've always wanted to go. What do you guys think about Stonehenge? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, I love to go there. Yeah, I would. I'd love to see it someday. So Duke, uh, is our is our uh, reviewer wrote, "Don't blame it on the aliens." Aliens spelled A L I A N S. Uh, (laughs) A messy, incomplete example. (laughs) This is the review. A messy, incomplete example of some large-scale rubble left in a vague circle. The walk from the car park is the best thing about this day out. To be honest, I think they should just knock it down and build something cooler. Oh, oh, wow. oh, oh my God. <laughs> That's so huge. So like, put yourself in the shoes of Duke. And they're like, I'm going to check out Stonehenge. It's going to be alien and weird. They're like, oh, it's just a circle of rocks. This is bullshit. Uh, you yeah. know, it's funny that you say that. I got the review, one-star review from uh, account Leaf the Calico, uh, who has done a total of 69 travel reviews. Uh, <laughs> nice, I guess. Uh, but uh, their, their description is... Up top! <laughs> <laughs> their description is, dude, it's just rocks, and it's a wonder of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Like, what is people just think? Did they? You know what's so funny about that review is like, did they not Google what Stonehenge was? <laughs> they had no idea. Well, it's interesting because, it's like, rocks. I feel like that's such a part of like my pop, my pop culture. Like, hasn't everybody seen that? You know, that's just such that's ingrained in my memory, and I've been blind for twelve years. I mean. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um so i have one here the statue of liberty by uh torcat o gemini torcat o gemini uh this review just reads uh the review is titled extremely disappointed uh and it just says um i filled the refund request sent emails still no refund received not a, not even email answered what kind of company are we dealing with here <laughs> <laughs> what kind of company are we dealing with here? It's the Statue of Liberty. Why can't they refund my money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a great one for the uh the Gateway Arch in St. Louis. Uh one star review from uh if it's a person's name, should I still read it? Uh let's just let's just call them first name, last name withheld or something. Uh from John D. Uh, their review is uh, one star for the Gateway Arch, stating, it doesn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I'm not an engineer, but I would argue that it does something. 
<laughs> By the way, when I saw the Statue of Liberty, my only complaint was, isn't this copper? Shouldn't they be polishing this down? Why is it fucking green? Yeah, you know what, though? I, I would actually lean into that one. <laughs> Wait, I do have one yeah, more Statue of Liberty. Uh, I do have one more Statue of Liberty complaint on that note. Uh, uh, James B., uh, this review is titled Snore. Um, call, me a snobby, <laughs> call me a snobby British guy, if you will. But we jumped on the ferry and we were like, woohoo. But when we got close to the statue, we could not see what all the fuss was about. I think that it's because of TV. When you get <laughs> when you get the helicopter angles, it looks huge and marvelous. But then you see it face to face, it's not near as big as it seems on television, which is quite huh. an honor. We didn't even bother huh. getting off the ferry because she's just so damn small. <laughs> that's insane. I've been to the Statue of Liberty. It is fucking mammoth. Like that's an insane thing to say. <laughs> what? What 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 in relation in like you know England? I mean, are they are they relating it to? I mean, you know, I figure they've been to more places than just the United States from you know little London town, but you know, name what, name me what name do me you a, know, <laughs> brother? Name, what do you know? <laughs> name me a bigger statue of a woman, anyone off the top of their heads. That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, look at that. Uh, I do have I do have this review from Alcatraz that I was really excited to read for you guys. This is by Ripley forty four Mag, who I have to assume is Ripley from the Alien series. Um, yeah, absolutely. This uh, <laughs> review is titled "Federal Hilton" uh, and been in a lot worse jails. Shameless voyeurism of a place of suffering and torture. So here's what's really interesting about this review, which is why I pulled it. I'm going to read it one more time. Uh, Federal Hilton is the uh, title. Been in a lot of been in a lot worse jails. Shameless voyeurism <laughs> of a place of suffering and torture. So, which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> also, if you start a sentence with, "If you ever go to a jail and start your sentence with, I've been in a lot worse jails," your situation yeah. is probably flawed from jump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a jail experience. I think it's a history experience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, a little bit of editing on on this one, but for, from John L, uh, his review of the Space Needle, the, the the opening line is the best, which is just my family and I now call it the quote Space Greedle. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, the rest of the interview goes into it saying we planned oh. a needle around the uh, science center and a ride up to the needle at the time comma in uh 2018 comma i would recall that would cost our family of four more than 70 dollars not the kind of change we have uh lying around for such things my wife and i turned around disgusted and saddened and our kids are uncomprehending and crushed where's the love <laughs> okay uh and again uh they now call it the space greedle g-r-e-e-l-e -E. <laughs> uh, which I have to I assume like is that. needle and greeting. <laughs> um, one of one of my favorite things that I found is um, these Alcatraz reviews, and there was a ton of these. So I'm just going to read you my favorite one: is it's just people complaining about how uncomfortable it is to be in a prison. Uh, this one's great. This is a one-star review of Alcatraz. It says you get to pay 26 bucks for a freezing four-hour non-tour dilapidated, stinky, rusty old prison on a rock. This is the most depressing yeah. place I've ever been to. It smells like pee. Huh. Huh. 
Yeah, of that's exactly what I want. <laughs> of when course, I it's the most depressing place you've ever been to. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, I'm a, experience I expect. <laughs> I'm gonna take a stab at uh, England here for a second. Uh, I found this one on uh, uh, roughmaps.com uh, under the funniest uh, trip advisory bad reviews. Um, so this one's for Big Ben. It says, "So I went to the I went last week to the famous Big Ben." Let me tell you, we should rename it Medium Ben. I've seen bigger Lego towers. We'll return if they build it higher. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, What's just, their... I'm flexing. I'm trying to flex, but in just so, like, you know, I mean, just it's a medium flex, whatever. I, lo- I love the idea that it's like, I love the idea that it's like, uh, A, what if they call it Medium Ben? And then B, uh, being like, yeah, I'll come back when it's bigger next time, guys. You didn't get me with your with your uh, fucking super famous landmark. I love it because it's like, oh, this is super famous and it's been here for over 100 years. And yeah, I'll just <laughs> fucking move it up another 20 stories. Sorry, dude. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to read this whole uh, review, uh, but I love this title. And it's, it's this is for the Empire State Building. It just says, the worst two and a half hours of my life. And whenever anyone <laughs> says that, I think it's so super funny. I was talking to Satara in the grocery store the other day and she like went down the toilet paper aisle and like, like no, nobody was like uh, observing like the arrows in the aisles, you know, people coming the wrong way down. Oh. And Satara's trying to like socially distance and do her thing. And she comes back to me and she goes, that was the worst experience of my life. And then we both just sat there and laughed for like five minutes. Cause what if it was? <laughs> what, what an amazing <laughs> life you've led. If the uh, worst two and a half hours of your life was uh, going to the Empire State Building because your kids got annoyed. <laughs> uh, there was something in here specifically that was like super funny to me. Oh, they keep talking about how there's fire code violations in the literal Empire State Building. Like, there's no way that's true. Uh, dreadful experience. I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. That's the review. That was the quote I loved. That's the, I wouldn't wish my worst enemy to go to the Empire State Building. Uh, Josh, oh I'm God. out. Do you have any more? Uh, yeah, I, I grabbed a few. And I, and I know that like when it comes to these, uh, I, cho- I chose ones that were highly upvoted or uh, ridiculous in nature. Some people definitely uh, were, were doing them as jokes uh, as such. Uh, <laughs> Grand Canyon, I got two, two in a row. Of the first one was... Uh, one star, most beautiful place on earth, definitely worth it. However, while eating there, I got food poisoning and spent the rest of my days throwing up. And then I looked down and my pants were gone. Uh, <laughs> this is followed, uh, this is followed uh, by another review, which is uh, another one star. The only review this account has put out onto Google reviews, which is, I would have enjoyed my stay here, but I awoke in the middle of the night with nothing covering me but a slight breeze. My pants, they were gone. Creeping silently into the night while I slumbered? Would not recommend. (laughs) (laughs) One of the ones that I'd like to get into further down the road, if we do more of these, is uh, Disney World has quite a bit of one-star reviews that are all just the angriest fucking parents, and they're super worth reading. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm sure those are actually really funny. (laughs) There's so many of, like... It's it's all like plays on happiest place on earth and everybody being right. the cleverest fucking reviewer on the planet. Of course. But yeah, I love the idea of somebody going to somewhere amazing and being like, one star, fucking never again. 
Well, my other favorite thing is like people going to like amusement parks or really anything and it, they become really cheap. Like, oh my God, the burgers were $7. And you're like, well, I mean, what are your other options? Like, <laughs> also, like, what the fuck? Like, was it the first time you've gone to an event space or like an amusement park? Exactly. Like, I've gone to like CES for work, which is like, Something people get excited about. I'm not trying to take away. I'm trying not trying to yuck anybody's yum, but like I could give a shit about what new computers are coming out most of the time. There's usually some fun shit there, but like I had like thirty dollars for like two sushi rolls at lunch because I'm not allowed to leave because I'm working there. It's like cool. I uh, I, I, yeah. I neglected to say I did find a uh, a third uh, pants related Grand Canyon review. <laughs> I don't know if this is, know if this is uh, uh, something that I just don't understand, like an in-joke from somewhere. The third review is from uh, uh, Ethan, uh, and it says, I am a native Arizonan. I have visited this park multiple times, and if I had a penny for every time I lost my pants while visiting, I could probably <laughs> buy another pair of pants. <laughs> Has anybody here ever been to the Grand Canyon? Is there something to do with your pants there? Uh, I've been there. Did you, did I, you come, and, I've come been... and go with pants? I've been there and I could believe every single review about the pants. <laughs> and I tell you, uh, there is a restaurant there. And it was it's a very old restaurant, in fact. It was before it became a national park. It became a national landmark. Uh, so it's really swanky on the inside. But can I suspect that you know one might shit themselves after eating there <laughs> absolutely <laughs> uh so maybe maybe what's happening is is that uh people eat at the restaurant i mean they shit them pa- you know, they shit them pants they shit their pants and then they just sort of leave them at the wayside and then bada bing bada bang they, they disappear you know i mean um <laughs> Disappearing pants, and also you got to worry about the the plague, the the bubonic plague as well. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't really, you know, the, the 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 squirrels they carry it. Um, oh, and uh, that's why you're told not to feed the squirrels because they mm-hmm. carry the plague. Oh, yeah, I've, heard, I, I've heard that. I've heard there's actually yeah, been a resurgence in the plague uh, recently. Uh, yeah, there's a business opportunity into opening up a pants store at the Grand Canyon. I feel like we can make heads over heels our money back. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we Most just got to really focus on um, comfortable pants. pants to wear just when pants walking period. around all we have to focus. in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, I, need to, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> I need to note that uh, I did look it up to see if there was anything. Uh, and on Reddit, uh, the Reddit page r slash out of the loop, uh, someone did an entire collection of currently known I lost my pants at the Grand Canyon one star <laughs> reviews. Uh, <laughs> there's no less than 10. You may have stumbled into some kind of weird conspiracy that's been happening for years. Several bring up Tom <laughs> Hanks. Oh, maybe it's like a Q&A yeah, thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, well, it says, I should have listened to Tom Hanks when he told me not to go. <laughs> oh, oh so I, like the, I like the idea that Tom Hanks has been uh, rallying against the Grand Canyon for some time in his career. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good that um, we have a voice. <laughs> the, other, the other thing I was thinking about is, uh, so I've been watching a lot of um, Great, British, Great British Bake Off with Sitara. Okay, so Great British Bake Off, for those of you who don't watch it, is the best show to watch during stressful times, right? 
Oh, yeah. it's absolutely it's like a good. competition where people make beautiful food, but everyone's like super loving and supportive, including the hosts, and everyone's super nice oh, to yeah. each other. So when you watch it, you're just like, oh, this is great. Maybe the world's not such a bad place. Um, but the one thing that occurred to me was they use the term showstopper for like the third thing they have to make on the last at the end of the episode. They make three dishes and make a showstopper dish, which is like this thing that's supposed to impress and wow the judges. And I wanted to ask you guys because I have a go-to showstopper that I'll cook for somebody if I want to impress them. So I was wondering if what you guys have, if you guys have a thing that you always make, like something that you like, like what is like Cordelia's like showstopping dish that she makes? She wants to impress somebody. Hmm. Well, Wait. first off, I don't need to impress anybody. Um, it just kind of comes naturally. Happens all the time. And uh, yeah, away. whenever they are in my presence. <laughs> but if I were to cook for someone um, and not kill them, I <laughs> would probably do. <laughs> I I think my um, I don't know. Probably my stir fry dish. I've kind of mastered. Um, and at first, like I was buying all these sauces, but like now I just use like a soy sauce and use like a sriracha mix as my sauce. Sounds and, good. Um, yeah, Sorry. just like your standard. Well, I, I remember when we first started making the movie, the first time we filmed with you, I think it was the first time we filmed with you outside of like an art gallery show, you made like Thai food. Oh, okay. What was that? Yeah, I don't remember. Do you remember? It smelled amazing, but we didn't eat it. Like you just cooked it, then we went somewhere else and shot. You like literally cooked it so we could film it. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to make Thai food. I was blown away. Josh, what do you go to? What's your go to? Uh, what's your go to thing? Yeah, really, I really uh, was trying to think that through. Uh, I because for me, like most of the time that I'm cooking, a, a lot of my life has been spent cooking things and in, in sort of like a utilitarian fashion of just being like, I'm going to cook this thing because I need to eat something. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah. Do, I don't often <laughs> like go, I, I, I've not, I've not often gone like above and beyond. Uh, but I think the, the one that I would say was, was my favorite uh, that I, I've, my, one of my favorite things that I, I know is, is good. And I think impressive, uh, that I, I've made on on special occasions for like my girlfriend and I uh, uh, is shakshuka, which I'm not sure the the origin of shakshuka, I, but like it's um I think it's it's Middle Eastern in, in, in some fashion, but I but I don't uh, I got it for the first time in a food truck where and it, it is like um it, it's sort of like a tomato stew sort of. Uh, with whatever other ingredients you want to mix in with that. I, I usually do onions, sometimes uh, peppers, and then the tomatoes. Uh, and then you would poach eggs in in the tomatoes. And then Ooh. I like to top it with a little bit of uh, of feta cheese. And then like do, do toasted pita or something along that, uh, those lines uh, as the side. Uh, garlic as well. A lot of garlic. <laughs> the most garlic. Love yeah, that garlic. sounds super uh, good. That sounds, that sounds really good, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of that dish. If you get it with, um, if you make it by having already stewed tomatoes, it's much easier to make it. But I, the last <laughs> couple of times I've done it, I, I had actual tomatoes that I uh, I put into a pan to like pan sear the tomatoes and then used a potato masher to mash up the, pota- the, the tomatoes because uh, I 
you can't really, unless you have a very high quality knife, you can't really like chop them up that way anyway. So it just turned into it. I ended up with like a giant pot that was boiling down just tomato water for like 40 minutes before <laughs> I went on to the next step of poaching the eggs in it. Uh, like but, that. uh but but it is a, it's like fairly simple uh just like a few ingredients but it ends up like it tastes great and it's uh it's very filling i mean speaking to like what both you guys said um is like if you do something really simple really well i feel like that's more impressive to me than if you make something crazy and it like tastes okay yeah <laughs> no, i agree with that for sure tom what's your uh what's your jam well, first, um, when I say ready, you say set, Rob, okay? Okay. Ready. Set. Wait, okay. Ready. Set. Bake. <laughs> no, or you can, do, you can do the Noel Fiedling one, which is like, what is it? He does like, uh, he's like, bake. He does like that weird voice. <laughs> like uh, kind of deeper, like bake no, or something like uh, that. There's like two seasons that Noel Fielding was on. Who's like a very funny British comic who like looks like a gossy yeah. guy. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, ready and shit, making. I was just like this goofy like routine. But what what is it? What is your uh, what is your thing, Tom? Uh, I I enjoy cooking. Um, you know, um, I really enjoy cooking. But like, um, I guess if I were trying to impress somebody, like. Um, I've I've made um after a disappointing um Thanksgiving, um a disappointing thing Thanksgiving, but where I felt this food was subpar, I actually got I got so frustrated I just cooked a I cooked a turkey and uh mashed potatoes <laughs> and everything, the whole nine. Um I really did though. I was I was I very love it. I love it. Good like, a do, like a do over <laughs> Thanksgiving to reclaim Thanksgiving. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, um, I, 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 I respect the hell out of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for real, like, um, for yourself, I, Tom? almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, my go-to these days. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll cop to it is like, um, uh, stir fries. I, um, I do a thing where I stir fry, uh, ramen, ramen noodles, like kind of like a, just kind of a messy stir fry kind of thing really quick. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I like with some chilies and, um, whatever, you know, meat or protein. Like I, I use tofu sometimes with that. It's very filling though. Um, I don't know. Um, I used to, I, I, I used to, uh, make this thing that I've dubbed struggle rice and, um, what it is. And I ate it like, I ate it like almost every, uh, like every other day. Um, uh, back when I was, um, going to school full time and working and everything. And, um, it was rice with just a can of tuna, tuna fish on top of it. And then I'd put like, um, Frank's red hot and, uh, soy sauce on it. And I would, I still eat this by the way, you know, I still like, I mean, you know, it just sounds kinda... incredibly healthy. No, that sounds oh yeah. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Right. You know, um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, yeah, it's kind of what I did. But uh, anyway, you know, I'd rather talk about things I want to cook and um, <laughs> what, something. What, that, what's your, yeah, what's your big ambition? If you could like make something, well, what do you got your eye on, Tom? <laughs> I want to make, and I've seen only pictures of it, is a Russian honey cake. And it looks like just a really intense layer cake where it's like made of pancakes. 
that have kind of a honey batter. And then between the layers of these thin pancakes, they look, they look like crepes, um, is, um, is a honey frosting. And it's like a little keg, a thin layer of frosting. And then you cover the whole thing when you get like, you know, you know, 12 or 15 or 20 layers high, you know, and then you cover the whole thing in icing. And, um, oh my God, it just, yeah. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I just and, Googled um, it. This thing looks so intense to make. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Russian, Russian honey, cake. honey cake. But I mean, this one yeah. I'm looking at has like maybe six, maybe 12 layers. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah this is very, wild, Tom. I've never heard of this before, and I worked in a bakery for years. This looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what I go for these, I'll talk desserts for a minute. What I go for these days is a tres leches. Um, I like Ooh, and I mean, I die. It's just like it's just like drinking. It's like just like drinking milk as an adult. I literally die after eating half of it. Oh, yeah. It's like a milk cake, right? It's a, it's a three milks cake. It's um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the cake is made of like, it's made from like condensed milk or, you know, or like powdered milk and then it's icing and then it's like soaking in condensed milk and it's like a whole thing. It's amazing. Just amazing. Um, yeah. I've had, I've had some good trace lattes down in Southwest uh, Detroit. Absolutely. You know, yeah. That's the only place to get it too. So one dish I wish I could make better is just making a good bean burrito um, with veggies uh, tossed into a more like authentic Mexican dish. Cause I feel like I just make like Midwestern mom type Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been talking about like, so I was making like super <laughs> legit kind of uh, like tacos and more legit yeah. uh, Mexican food. And then now that I'm a vegan and I've kind of right. eased up on, the ingredients because I'm still working and learning how to cook better vegan. I've been making like super white people taco night tacos. Yeah, I do like I just do like seasoned seasoned ground beef and then I do like yeah, yeah. some refried beans on little like um, corn tortillas. You know the little like hand sized uh, street taco tortillas and I add a little bit of like vegan pepper jack and guac and I'll like sometimes if I'm feeling crazy I'll make like a sauce or like my own pico de gallo, but they're like straight up white people tacos and they're fucking awesome. Like lately I've been, I've been making tons of tacos. I've been doing, um, so for, if, I, if it was like by showstoppers, uh, I, I would say like back in the day I made a insane, anything smoked meat. Like I can make like a smoked, I'd make like a 16 hour smoked turkey. Josh has had that. I mean, that was like one of the best turkeys I've ever made. I made like a sausage walnut stuffing. So Tom, I've done the Thanksgiving thing. Like I, I remember I woke up, there was one Thanksgiving where I literally didn't sleep just because I was like, I'm going to make the best fucking, because like growing up, so like my mother always makes Thanksgiving dinner and my mother, right. uh, my mother doesn't understand cooking temperatures. So she cooks everything oh, no. to color. Oh no. So like I, I have eaten the like almost turkey jerky level dry turkey my entire life. And I was like, I'm going to fucking make like the dopest turkey uh, in the uh. world. Like yeah. uh, of, of recent times, uh, I saw a turkey actually do the thing that I believe it was in National Lampoons at some point, where like they pull the turkey out of the oven and it does like it splits in half and it goes like <laughs> and you see like steam uh, rays out of it. Yeah, it, it has like a dying <laughs> breath that just is rank of like what used to be turkey. The, uh, there, was a, there was one here. 
There was one day over this quarantine where I took the cook temperature. I, I took the temperature of that turkey. It was at two hundred and two. Like, I think. Yeah, I think. I think. I think turkey. It was almost boiling. Like, isn't turkey supposed to be done like one, one? Is turkey one sixty five or one forty five? I can't remember. Uh, I, I yeah. I would say I know chicken is. Uh, I I do it to one sixty five. Yes, one sixty five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they, like two twelve is boiling. Uh, so that turkey, any liquid in that turkey, was gone. gone. <laughs> also, my mother, my mother's never quite wrapped her head around resting time for me. So it's like you cook until uh, that fucker is is the color that you think done food is, and you throw it on a table and you eat it immediately. <laughs> so, but I mean, so like one of the coolest dishes I ever made was uh, on my dad's last Father's Day before my dad died. Uh, we made. Uh, I made uh, R.I.P. Suck it, Dad. You're not here to hear my podcast, bitch. But like, uh, <laughs> I, a, I did. A, I got maple. I'm sure you're listening in heaven, Rob. Totally. If I did, if I did, if, there, if let's pretend for two seconds heaven was real. I swear to God, if he's listening to my podcast, I hope for fucking everyone's sake, that any Christian's sake, that heaven is better than them listening to this fucking podcast. <laughs> um, I doubt it. I doubt so it. I bought I bought maple planks and I soaked them in bourbon overnight. And then oh. I, uh, I I laid a salmon onto those with a bed of honey for the skin, and I slow cooked those with a uh, fresh lemon slices, super thin sliced across the whole thing. Did a little bit of oh, salt wow. and pepper, I, and I maple smoked those. And then I took a bunch of like the thickest, fattest asparagus I could find, stuffed it with aged cheddar cheese, and bacon pepper bacon wrapped those. And I and I slow smoked those. Um, so that was probably like one of the more impressive dinners I've ever made, I guess. Yeah. Sounds super um, yeah, it's super, it's super awesome. But my vegan showstopper is uh, I've gotten really into making single pot pasta. Uh, oh. Do you guys know about this? This is something I didn't even know about. My friend Mark, uh, he uh, he posts about all the food he's making in quarantine. And he made uh, some single pot spaghetti, which I didn't know was a thing. Do you guys know about this? I, uh, fill me in, yeah. So like uh, you take a big pot and you instead of... So normally if you make spaghetti, you got like one pot to boil the noodles in, one pot to make the sauce in. Sometimes you have another right. pot for the meat. So what right. I do is I take one giant pot and I I put some olive oil in, I stir fry the meat and the onions and the mushrooms, and I add basil into it from my garden slowly until everything's cooked. Then I add sauce and some water, and I throw the noodles and cook it in the sauce. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, and it's fucking awesome. Like the noodles cooked in right? the sauce, the starch from the noodles, like gets into the sauce, which gives the sauce an interesting flavor. The sauce soaks okay. in the noodles. It's so good. Dude, I'm going to do this like tomorrow. Are you kidding me? I can yeah, send you like yeah. the recipe. I, I mean, mine's vegan and gluten-free, but like I can send you like a regular single pot pasta recipe. You need a, you need a yeah. big pot. I have this like crazy popper. Um, it's from the Statue of Liberty. She's small. So I just took one of her toes. <laughs> and I made, uh, <laughs> I made, I made, uh, <laughs> right. know, but I have it. It's like a it's like a frying pan with super high walls on it, and it's got like it's probably like eight inches deep, and it's pretty oh, big. Cool. And I've been using that and as a lid, and I like put the lid on it when I get the noodles to soften up. But like you have to stir it constantly. That's the catch. Okay, yeah, I got a big pot I could use. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's that's, my, that's my new showstopper. I mean, I, sorry, I rambled so long. It's just like I've cooked, I've eaten meat. I haven't eaten meat. I've been a vegetarian. I'm vegan, so like I have like ten. I mean, when I first started dating Sitara, I made amazing vegan lasagna. It was we weren't gluten free yet, so but I just made amazing vegan lasagna. It was like the first time that it turned out great. And so for like a bunch of our anniversaries, I'll just make us lasagna. So it was like our first like real date. You know, I was trying to show oh. off for the girl I met. You know, 
Aww. Is it as hard as it seems? I've never actually made lasagna. Lasagna is actually unbelievably easy. Yeah, it seems like it is either really easy or really hard. It's super easy. I mean, you literally just like if you buy good ingredients and layer it, you just bake it and okay. you pull it out and it's done. It's super fucking easy. Okay. I mean, you can make it as difficult as you want if you want to like right. boil tomatoes and then smash them and add seasoning, you know, like you're sure. like fucking crazy. Right. But yeah, I mean, you could a blind, you're, you as a blind chef, you could 100% kill lasagna. Okay. We use the term chef loosely. Uh, no, I, I assume that as a blind person, I assume as a, as, as a blind person who's capable of painting, you can just do everything you do just as well as when you recited. Yeah, um, Cordelia, li- Cordelia, what? you have no limits, by the way. But um, oh, could I talk about? Off. Could I? Are you kidding? Could me? I talk about? Could I talk about? I talk about your marijuana use for a second. Your 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 um, how you used to prepare your marijuana. Oh, okay. We don't have to. I mean, I don't, I don't well, care. I don't care. Whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did talk I about my, was... I, I, did, I did talk about my dead dead dad and my mother's terrible cooking and uh, not shitting in this episode. So I feel like the marijuana use is actually a step back from the horror that I've uh, displayed in this uh, <laughs> podcast. So check it out. All right, Cordelia would uh, learn learn from somebody that they could prepare their marijuana by melting uh, butter in a microwave with the vegetable cannabis right and that was and i I realize cannabis might be the more correct term here but uh and then and then that would be the prepared uh cannabis the medication ready to go and i thought that was so fucking clever though i was like what is happening you know i could have been like i could have been like you know just like (laughs) sucking butter like my whole life you know (laughs) right right like all my my teenage years you know what i mean like that would have been way better you know yeah um put on toast yeah let me ask you guys this because i I had one more topic i kind of wanted to bring up to you guys uh so i want to kind of bring it home to what we normally do uh what have you guys been watching or reading is there anything you guys wanted to talk about well, I kind of gave myself a book challenge this month. I'm sure you guys have seen my post. Like, I'm oh, at yeah. nine books, reading my 10th book right now. Right now, I'm working on American Gods. Um, but yeah, I've, I've read like a shit ton. Um, I mean, I just made it. I guess it's not a shit ton. It's just nine. I mean, it's um, a shit ton of books in, in, in less than a month. <laughs> yeah, I read uh, The Witches. I rolled doll. I think I said his name right. Um, roll doll. I don't know. Anyway, I, I love that movie. When roll doll. Roll doll. Yeah, I don't know. Roll doll. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I finally read The Witches, and I was super excited to read it because that movie terrified me. It was like one of my favorite movies as a kid, but I had never read the book. Um, I never heard of the movie until you told me about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched it over and over and over, and I hated it, and I was terrified of it, but I loved it. Um, what else have I read? Well, hold on, read, real quick. Was, well, real quick, did the movie? So now that you've read the book, which did you like better? It, it was the exact. I mean, word to word. I mean, it it translated on screen perfectly. So I mean, it, really? it was the exact same. So which is crazy. wild. Like, don't get that at all. Like, um, after American crazy. Gods, I'm gonna read uh, Jurassic Park because everybody keeps telling me how different. How much I read the book is. I read. How I read uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Years yeah. and years ago, and I remember I really liked it, but it was like it was totally very different from the film. Yeah, that's what I hear. So I'm excited to read that one. Are you at the carousel part in American Gods yet? Uh, uh yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I saw that carousel. I, I went there last year in Wisconsin oh. at the House on the Rock. As, uh, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. American cool. Gods was, you... was, a sh- was a show that was on like Showtime or something or, or Cinemax. Based or something. on, a, based on a, a novel by Neil Gaiman. Yeah, so Did you I've watch heard... the show? Either one of you? No, but I heard it was yeah. great. I heard it was really, really beautiful, but like not the most um, cohesive show. Um, which I'm fine with, by the way. Uh, I right. watched parts of the show and enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, but I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, to answer your question, I, I never actually watched it. I just heard it was fantastic. Oh, okay. I mean, the book's amazing. Like, th- this is actually the second time I'm reading it through. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it's a super good read. So, uh, what's your favorite of the books you've gone through? Um, I mean, probably American Gods. Um, let's see, what did I start up? Oh, I read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and it was just that was my as confusing as the movie. Book. <laughs> yeah, I remember me saying that. It was just as yeah. confusing as the movie. I thought it would give me some closure, but it, it did it. <laughs> I was like, I think oh, it's like, like um, nonsense. This is just yeah, it's nonsense. like it's like dry <laughs> dry British comedy mixed with absurdism. So there's. There's such a filter yeah. on it that it's definitely not something easy. And also, I think a lot of the jokes are like of the time it was written. So I think some of that might get lost in translation as well. Yeah, I mean, like, um, yeah, it was fun, but it was just nonsense. <laughs> uh, Cordelia, did you read uh, just just the the that, that was three books, I, I think, right? That, yeah, just the first book. Okay. There's like uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the Diner theme of the universe, and one other one. There's mostly Harmless, I think, was the name of the the third one, uh, and and then I feel like there was supposed to be a conclusion book, but the author passed away before. Oh really? Okay. Movie. That oh, was supposed to be is, the thing that like wrapped it up and make it made it make sense. I, I could which is uh, also the uh, the direction I have a feeling Game of Thrones is going to go in eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I um I oh, read the yeah, time that's funny. traveler. Yeah. I read the time traveler and I was actually super bummed about it. It kind of sucked. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like the, uh, who expect. wrote that? Um, Wells. Yeah, yeah. I've never uh I've never seen that film either or read that book. Um, that's one of those classics. I've had Moby Dick on like a. I've had this like I made this thirty before I'm thirty list years ago. And one of the things I was supposed to do, which I still haven't done, I'm almost fucking forty, is uh, read Moby Dick. I've started like four <laughs> times. And yeah, never me too. I it. can't get through it. So I that, can't get through it. It's a tough read, man. That book is your white whale, then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I will at some point <laughs> in my life read Moby Dick, but man, yeah, uh, yeah. The not. first few, like, the, I, I, I think I've gotten like a few hundred pages into it every time and just quit. Yeah, yeah. Tom, what have you been up to? What have you been watching? Um, I'm I oh I rewatched um Sharp Objects on HBO. Uh, tell the the miniseries. Um, that, that's a goodie. I, I suggest that it's about a it's about a journalist re- returning to her uh, hometown to uh, write a story about um, a murder. And uh, I, I really I highly recommend it. It's the second time I've watched it. I tried. I, I wasn't reading physically, but I was listening to um, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's the um, the um on the mountain of madness or oh, at the yeah, mountain yeah, of yeah. madness yeah I, i'm trying to um i'm trying to get through that i'm kind kind of uh i'm on a little i've been on a little bit of a lovecraft kick but i mean just because i'm unfamiliar at all you know and um 
is, uh, seemed to be a very, um, a very colorful individual. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, but at the same time, like, you know, just, uh, kind of getting through that. Um, what else? Uh, that's, that's really, that's really about it. You know, I'm actually, I'm actually, um, trying to figure out my next project I'm going to do, and it's going to be something, um, tattoo related. Um, but, uh, got another project in the works, you know, beyond uh, tattooing, because that's really what I've been doing cool. at the moment. Um, just being very busy in what I do, uh, as far as at the shop and whatnot. So, um, that's, that's it. That's, that's what I got. That's what I got going. Um, that's good. Really speak, speaking of Lovecraft, I mean, Lovecraft is somebody that I read a lot when I was younger, but I've always known Lovecraft as a human being wasn't awesome, but, um, his writing he died is very, very young. Yeah. He was he also died, like, a, died, I mean, he was massively racist and horrible. And he, was a, he was a very massive racist. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, he was, there's this TV show that I, I just started, which is, it's funny that you brought that up because that's what I was going to talk about. Was I started watching this show called Lovecraft County or Lovecraft Country. I can't remember. I think it's Lovecraft Country. I saw the yeah. first episode. Yeah. yeah I thought it was fucking fantastic. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. I have, a, I have a work. So you've seen the first episode. I can talk about a little bit more than I would have. Uh, I have a working theory. Did you ever read Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut? Try to. Um, so get through it. he was one of my favorite authors when I was like, you know, fresh out of high school. And um, essentially Slaughterhouse-Five is a story about a guy who's at, in war and the world around him is getting more and more terrible. And then all of a sudden all this crazy sci-fi stuff starts happening in his life, right? So like as the war gets more terrible, the sci-fi stuff gets more complicated and starts pulling in further and further against the war. And spoiler alerts for uh, uh, <laughs> Slaughterhouse-Five. It ends with him. Uh, he's he's living on this planet in like a zoo. There's this like model or actress that he's had fantasies about. They're living together in this like zoo where these aliens that are so far beyond us are like keeping them together. They're like in love and he's happy. And then it kind of cuts back to him being at the bombing of Dresden in World War II, which was a famous U.S. fuck up where they blew up uh, essentially a town that was filled with American soldiers that were being held by. Uh, the Nazis. POWs, yeah. 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 So then he spends, so basically, like, you kind of realize if you're paying attention that, like, it's this escapism tool that um, he's been using is this, like, sci fi fantasy. It's also a very true to life experience that Kurt Vonnegut had. He was at that yeah. bombing. So, like, and he is a sci fi writer. So he was probably using these stories that he made up to escape his terrible situation. It's a really interesting twist in, um, Slaughterhouse Five, and I have a feeling that that's what Lovecraft Country is going to be, because when he was on that bus, uh, our main characters on the bus, and we see like the, you know, no colored people beyond the sign as the camera pulls back, uh, he's like sleeping and having this fantasy about all these pop or pulp novels that he loves, and then when he's in the sundown town and these horrible uh, racist cops are about to hurt him and the people he loves, all of a sudden these Lovecraft monsters show up and pull him into this wild world. So I have a feeling you're seeing like him escaping into the novels and the pulp. I forget what they're called. Those little pulp like comic books that people used to read that were like sci-fi stories. It's like him escaping yeah, into that right. because the world's a terrible place. And I think that that's the direction that show's going in. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I think, I think you're right. I, I think, I think you're right. And kind of a, kind of a parallel to that is that of course, and I don't know, I don't know if you're making the connection that, you know, that of course, um, H.P. Lovecraft being, you know, the, the bigoted person that he was, I mean, um, 
arguably, arguably, you know, people say that he was actually a very um, efficient writer of horror because he was a very scared person himself. You know, um, that he was a very, that he was terrified of the world around him and he was terrified of, you know, uh, whether it be immigrants or, you know, any kind of foreigners or, you know, obviously people that didn't look like him, you know, that because of that, um, the hysteria was in the pages that he wrote, you know, um, but I mean, I could see, I could, I could totally see that. It's, it is suspicious that the show is actually named after the author Lovecraft. You know what I mean? So I, I, I like, I like that theory though a lot. You know? Yeah, I think it's super interesting that they took a show. Uh, like they didn't hide from the history of who Lovecraft was, but they're still playing with like the ideas that he had, and they incorporated it into like a terrible time, a horrible time in American history. It's like really interesting and well-written and well-constructed show and it's fucking gorgeous like the show is beautiful i'm excited to keep watching oh, yeah but that's the thing i'm most excited about the other thing i've been watching that i want to talk a little bit about is and i don't know how many how much any of you guys remember this but so there was a show on when we were very young that i had no business watching called homicide life on the streets do you guys remember oh. the show at all no oh. yeah. so it was I, on I know nbc the name, but nothing it's, more uh, really it's it was on nbc and it's there's a lot of the same cast members as The Wire, and it's created oh, really? by the uh, creator of The Wire, the creator of uh, HBO's Oz, and huh. uh, someone else who's like a heavy hitter in that same field. I'm trying to remember who it is. I wish I'd looked it up, but it's really good. And, and it's interesting because it's a lot of like the same storylines of The Wire, but it's more about these people, and it's way more um, like single little cases and stuff that uh, come on. I can't think of procedurals, way more procedural than the wire, but uh, it's super good. And it, it took a few episodes for me to get into it because it is very fucking nineties, but I, I, there's one company that still makes these box sets called shout factory. And I've been watching it. It's fucking great. I'm loving, it. I'm loving watching homicide. I'm actually going to mail it out to uh, uh, Baker after I finish it. So he can watch it. Cause I know he's a big fan of the wire. Um, Josh, what oh, are you nice. uh, well, uh, I've been I've been laid out for the past like I don't know week or so I'm I'm just now like this is about as as loud as my voice can get so I've been I've been mostly sleeping um, and playing video games I've been catching up a little bit on video games that I uh, had never beat that I knew that uh, the public really enjoyed that's a weird way for me to say that people really loved these video games what games uh, what games you play uh, that yeah uh, Undertale is the uh, the video game that I finally decided to to play and beat because my only knowledge of of Undertale was like uh Logan talked to me my my nephew Logan talked to me about it a lot and uh uh it was very popular on the internet on like Tumblr and places that made me be like well if people if <laughs> if these people like it and are making this much fan fiction about it and weird stuff about it I'm going to avoid it for as long as I can uh and I did <laughs> <laughs> but it was a really fun experience of a video game because it was built like a it was built like an NES RPG and that exact style of graphics. Uh, but it was a game that focused on the idea of like at no point did you have to kill any enemy that you were fighting. Uh, huh. It was a game that was that was built around the idea of like showing compassion, and you could do the opposite and be a like a cruel person throughout the entire game and kill every enemy that you fight uh 
And if you did that, the game actually punishes you as a player. Um, Leading to uh, the most difficult boss fight in the game that only happens if you were a bad person. Uh, followed by um, the game shutting itself off, followed by a jump scare when you turn the game back on, followed by uh, when you turn the game on, just a black screen and 10 minutes of wind noises before it asks you if you're sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And so, uh, yeah. It's like a a JRPG. It looks like old Final Fantasy, right? Yeah. uh, uh, um, But yeah, that's... uh, it's I it has a, a large fan base and it, it was because I think it's because the the characters in it were were so interesting and they they worked the game itself like the the graphics and and stuff wasn't that great but the story was the story was good the characters were fun uh the music was great um and the idea of it was was pretty unique for that especially for for that for the time that it came out uh and so that was that was a lot of fun to finally be able to get through that. I I played it in the the pacifist run, as they say, which which was like befriending the enemies rather than uh, just attacking them. Because honestly, it was more fun that way. Because you have to you have to run through all the different options to do that. Uh, I also watched through all five seasons of The Wire in this last month. Nice. Uh, yeah. very good show. Uh, very very good show. It was like so interesting that each season took a different examination at a different part of society. Uh, yeah. And taking like a long and in-depth look at like, here is this system that's in place in our society and here's why it's working the way that it does. And then showing you somebody trying to get out of that and either failing or succeeding and maybe showing you why they did, why they, they did or did not. I feel like a lot of the wire is like an exercise in like utility. It like shows you a system that doesn't work that everyone's kind of stuck in. And no matter what they do, good, bad, whatever, it all kind of just cycles back to the same bullshit, which is great. That's kind of what life is. And especially with policing, I think the wire did a really good job at like not canonizing the police, but also not completely blaming them in a way where it's like a lot of it's systematic problems. Like, I mean, there's literally a season where a guy is like, fuck it, we're not going to do this broken windows policing and drug in neighborhoods where people are selling drugs. We're just going to legalize drugs and utilize the extra people to uh, create programs for people that are addicted to drugs to better their situation. And it's literally working. That's the best part. It it works. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Amsterdam. Yeah. 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 It's super smart. Um, Like it, it works. It's everything's getting better. And then somebody's like, but you can't do that. That's not what the system is. So they just like fucking screw it, and everybody goes back to what they were doing. And everything gets worse. Yeah, they were they were horrified by what by what that uh, lieutenant did. Yeah, Bunny yeah. Bunny uh, Coleman. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, without glamorizing, um, I always rooted for Omar, the the the, the guy who robbed the drug dealers. And you gotta and, uh, you, you gotta love Omar. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god, dude! You know what's crazy? Tom, I don't know if you know this, but it's based off a real person. No. Okay. Yeah, that, that was a real dude. And like, there's some crazy shit that happens in that show that is like, do you remember there's a part where Omar's like cornered in a house and he dives out of like a fourth story window to get yeah. away? The yeah. real dude really did that. And here's the even oh crazier part. The real Omar, who's not his real name, but the guy who it's based off of. Do you remember in that scene, like uh, Omar's friend gets shot in the head? 
and like dies in yeah. the apartment. That's the, the real guy. The guy uh, who died. That's that's the the guy who gets shot in the head. That's the actual guy who Omar was based off of. Like that human being no is the guy. Way. Yeah, he became friends with David Simon. So according to I don't know how much you know about the wire, but Omar's like this. They fucking actually guy. killed someone on the show. They kill him for real. Yeah, no, Omar's this dude who like walks around Baltimore and like robs drug dealers with a shotgun. And like that's what oh, he does. Okay. And but but he's a hundred percent based off of a real person. Wow. Okay. So wild. Um, yeah, that show's amazing. I, I think it might translate if you ever get an interest in it, Cordy. Uh, also, oh, okay. I think H, I think HBO Max may have um, audio descriptive uh, viewing for a lot of their programs. What? Oh, really? I think they do. Yeah, I'll look into it and make sure I'm right. But I think they do. Someone told me. Yeah, they used to have it like a year ago. Yeah, they did it like a year ago. But yeah, if they do now, I might get it again. Uh, on that note. <laughs> hey, hey, Rob, let's, let me sweep us out of here. Yeah, take us home, Tom. <laughs> kind of just sweeping us out. <laughs> <laughs> like, the souls, like the soul broom operator after uh, in the spotlight after the stage is closed. Tom is sweeping up. <laughs> All of the uh, tomatoes that have been thrown at us during this episode of VHS Playback, uh, which I would like to thank you guys for listening, and we're going to keep making content. Uh, please email us at the email, Josh, at the email. Uh, that is VHS Playback Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, before we conclude, though, uh, Tom, how was the, the SpongeBob uh, popsicle? Oh, say, sweet and satiating. And the gumballs. The gumballs were very much less like gumballs and more like <laughs> was more like um, like stale <laughs> new like actual um, human eyeballs. That? No, well, yeah, right. It, <laughs> like uh, was that candy that's like they're um, like little like sugary wafers? Uh, Necco wafers. Yes, they were like Necco wafers. Yeah, nice. the eyes, nice. the eyes okay. were of the consistency of Necco wafers. Okay, uh, Hold on, I, would, I, would, I would actually get it again. Yeah, I would. <laughs> you know, Josh, on. there's one thing that I usually ask at the beginning of the show: Were you under the pool table this whole time? Uh, no, I, I, I was not this time. Uh, I've been okay. recording from my room. Guys, I got I got breaking news. I just got an email, and I, I you know, we'll 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 get back to this about. Uh, this is going to be a little to be continued teaser, but uh, I just got this email. Uh, it says it's from Diplomatic Williams Bill is the name, and it's telling me the subject is your fund, the sum of twenty million dollars. Uh, oh says, wow! I'm Diplomatic William Bill. <laughs> I have just arrived. <laughs> At the airport with your valued consignment box 30 minutes ago. Please reconfirm your home address slash direct phone number to me so that I can proceed to your home right away. Your contact email is, or yeah, you can contact this email, diplomaticwilliambill at gmail.com or call at 720-603-0231. And then it says, love diplomatic bill so tune in next time to VHS playback to find out if i'm if i'm worth 20 million dollars uh on that note i've been rob cousinot i've been cordelia graham i've been tom bestie and i've been josh cousinot 
And I want to say a, a sincere thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> It's, uh, this has become pretty much my main source of um, human interaction. You think human? Human interaction. <laughs> Actually, I had a little human interaction uh, tonight. I made some dope tacos <laughs> for the podcast. I had a little bit of human interaction this today. That's a good, uh, good food truck name. <laughs>